It's week two in our series entitled God Help. In today's message, Pastor Matthew speaks about waiting. In the sad times, in the hard times, we can anticipate and expect God is still moving. The title for today's message is Wait For It, Wait For It, Wait For It. If it ain't good, then listen to me. God ain't done. There's some great stuff in this message today, so take a listen and enjoy the challenge. What's up, church? Man, it is so good to be in the house. I am so thankful that each of you have chosen to come and and worship with us today. We are in week two of our sermon series entitled, God Help. God Help. Has anybody ever asked that question before? God Help. Uh, Today we're going to be looking at Psalm 27. If you have your Bibles, please go ahead and turn there. If you did not bring your Bible, you can uh, look on your electronic Bible equivalent, right? Uh, Which might be your phone or whatever it is on Bible Gateway, whatever. You look up and read the scriptures on, but go ahead and turn to Psalm 27. We're going to be there in a second, but this is what we're going to see today. God offers help today and he offers hope for tomorrow. He offers help today and hope for tomorrow. Let me set up our time in, our, uh, in the Word of God by telling us a little bit of story about our family. Uh, my wife and I, many of you know this, if you're new and you're a guest, you may not, but my wife and I have five kids. Our oldest is 11 and our youngest are twins and they're four years of age. And one of the things that we love to do as a family is gather together and watch movies. There's not a lot of things that I feel like because of our, uh, of our different age range that we can do together, but we like to come together and watch movies. Now, I will say this, it's getting, seems like harder and harder and harder to find a movie that's appropriate for all of us to watch. You know what I'm saying? But we do like to gather and watch movies together and we gather in mine and Allison's bedroom. This is where we like to just to cut all cuddle up and watch a movie. Now, one of the movies that we've just grown to love and that is my son Max's favorite is the movie Pink Panther. Anybody seen that movie before with Steve Martin? Man, it's a good movie if you've never watched it. But one of the things that happens every time we've gathered together and we're watching this movie is when there's a lull in the excitement, when there's a hard part that comes, when it seems like the bad guys are winning, when things just don't seem to be good, my son will start saying, wait for it, wait for it. Now, I'm going to be real. It can be annoying at times, all right? But but what he's doing is he understands, listen, that if things aren't right, if we'll just wait a minute, it's going to get good, right? That's the movies. If it's a hard part in the movie, we can rest assured if we'll just wait long enough, a good part is going to come because really the best movies all have happy endings. Are you with me? But I want to tell you today, that's not just the movies. Such is true, listen to this, in the Christian life. When there's a sad moment, If there's a lull in the excitement, when hard times come, we can anticipate and we can expect God is still moving. And listen to me, the good part is coming. The title of the message today is, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Is it bad? Wait for it, wait for it, 
wait for. The truth that we're going to build on, we're going to see this explicitly in Psalm 27. We're also going to see it in some other scriptures, but this is the truth we're going to build on and come back to at the very end. And here it is. And this is my country boy coming out. All right. So y'all need to know this. Don't correct me on my grammar. You hear what I'm saying? Listen, if it ain't good, God ain't done. If it ain't good, then God ain't done. Okay. Let me pray for us. And then we'll dig in to our time together. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you that not only do we see this theme explicit in Psalm 27, but Lord, we can even be reminded of what Romans 8.28 says, Lord, that we know all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. And so, Lord, we, we just thank you that regardless of what we are experiencing now, the best truly is yet to come. And we believe that because we believe the gospel and we believe your word. And so, God, whatever we are thinking through, whatever we brought in with us today, Lord, I, I pray that you would remind our spirit that the best is still to come. And Lord, may we be confident in that, take hope in that. And may we leave here because of your word a little bit more bold than as we came in. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Psalm 27, written by David. Okay, now let me just kind of give us a little story or history about Psalm 27 before we dig into it. Theologians say uh, that Psalm 27 was, was written, it was after, listen to this, God had anointed David as king, but before the people had appointed David as king. Are you with me? So there was a period in time, Saul was the king, he messed up, God was going to anoint a new king, and that new king that God was anointing was David. So God anointed David to be the future king, but he had still not been appointed by the people to be the king. Are you with me what I'm saying to you? And so because he had been anointed king, but not appointed king, the appointed king, which was Saul, was not going to be okay with this new anointed king getting his spot to be the king. And so he did everything he could do. He was working to make sure that this anointed king was not going to be the new appointed king. And so everything that the king had, all the resources, we could even say all the king's horses and all the king's men, you hear what I'm saying? They were all geared toward trying to make sure David never got the throne. But not only was King Saul after David, listen to me, his son Absalom was after David. And what you need to understand is David was in a hard time in a dark moment in some chaos and he was overwhelmed. He needed God to help. The relationships that David had, again, if you remember, uh, King Saul's son was one of David's closest friends. Absalom, which was David's son, was his son. The relationships in David's life had gone awry and he was wishing things would be better. He was hoping things would be better, and yet life was really difficult. He needed God to help. He needed God to come through for him. And so he wrote this psalm, listen to me, um, to show us how to respond and what to do when we need God's help to come through in the relationships that we have and the battles that come because of, listen to me, some relationships. Some of y'all know some of the relationships in your life is a constant battle. What do we do and how do we respond when that's true? 
David begins this way to teach us in Psalm 27, verse 1. He says this, and we're going to spend most of our time on verse 1, just by the way. But if you guys remember how I preach, we go, we're going to go through the scripture and we're going to talk about it, go through, through some more scripture. Okay, Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom... Shall I fear? Again, he's talking about relationships. Who, who is he going to fear? What person is he going to fear? This is the first time in all of Scripture, though, that light is used as a metaphor for God. Jesus goes so far in John 8, he calls himself the light of the world. So listen to me just for a minute. If Jesus is the light, listen to me very carefully. You, you got to understand this. If Jesus is the light, then we can't be near him and be in the dark. Let me ask you some questions. Do you feel like you're in the dark? Are you walking in darkness? Are you trapped in darkness? Um, if so, then maybe the Lord isn't your light. Maybe you aren't following Jesus. Because it's impossible to be in the dark, listen to me, if the light's on. <laughs> uh, I need things to be simple. If it ain't simple, then I have a hard time understanding it. And if we're in the dark, maybe we should turn on the light. Um, I told you my, my, my kids and I, we all like to, to gather in our room, watch movies, and uh, Normally, by the time we can all get on the same page, it's a little bit later at night. And so um, we'll say, hey, go get your blanket, right? Go get your favorite blanket. Go get your, your pillow. And once you come in here, and if it gets too dark, you know what they do? They'll say, hey, we'll go get it, but will you turn the light on? And here, here's why. Because sometimes if we're looking at the dark, if we, if we only see dark, it can be pretty scary. And my kids don't want to go through the dark because it's scary to be in the dark. And so they'll just say, hey, listen, will you turn on the light? And listen to me, although the dark is scary, light dispels darkness. And they'll go get their stuff. They weren't confident when the light was out, but they get bold and confident when the light's on. Are you guys with me what I'm saying to you? Is, is this too simple? David was in the midst of crazy times. We could even say some dark days and some dark valleys. And yet he trusted the Lord to turn the light on. Uh, one of my favorite Psalms, you guys know it probably better than I do, is Psalm 23. And you know, it has this line in there. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with me. If there's a shadow, it's because there's a light. And if light isn't present, then neither is the shadow. And you may be in some hard moments, uh, but if you see a shadow, then I want you to know that there's a light. And the Bible makes it clear, Jesus is the light. And if we trust him, then I need you to understand he'll be your light. So you don't have to walk in the dark. What David is showing us here, it's, it's paramount, listen to me very carefully, in navigating difficult times and staying grounded in our faith and in tune with the Spirit in the most difficult times of our life when the relationships are bad, when we feel like we're walking in the dark. You see, it's hard to see in the dark, but again, you can see a whole lot better when the light's on. In other words, when we are enduring rocky times, when we are walking through rocky terrain, how do we make sure that we don't stumble and fall? It's by making sure that 
there's a light to light up what our next step is. You know what Psalm 119 says? It says, thy word is a lamp. You know what a lamp is? It's a light. (laughs) And Jesus, listen to me, is the word. Jesus is the light. And so when we're walking through dark times, if we'll simply have the light in front of us, we will know how to take our next steps and what to do. If we have the word in front of us, it's going to show us, it's going to navigate, it's going to let us know and understand everything that's unfolding around us so that we can be confident of what's to come. I wrote this down and it's in your notes. So in essence, in other words, what David is saying to us is this, listen, if we're clear on what's happening, we can endure what's unfolding. And the reason that we can endure what's unfolding is because what David says, he says, God is our salvation. In other words, God saves. Now, I looked it up because I wanted to know what is the textbook definition of salvation? Here it is. The act of saving or protecting from destruction. The act of saving or protecting from destruction. So David knew that he could trust God to give him clarity with how to proceed. Do you understand that? Clarity with how to proceed, but also for God to give him protection while he's proceeding. That's what scripture's saying. And so as a result, David writes right here in Psalm 27, the Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Again, what person am I going to be afraid of? What relationship do I need to be fearful of? David is saying, whom shall I fear? This is two times in verse 1 that he's asking this question, and I love that. The, the, the Lord is David's light. It's, it's David's clarity, okay? That's his salvation. And his protection, his salvation. The Lord is clarity. The Lord is protection. And now David is saying, not only is the Lord giving him clarity and protection, but he's also going to be what holds David together. And so David is saying to us that in hard times, when it seems like he should be falling apart, it's actually the Lord that holds him together. Paul, the guy that wrote so much of the New Testament, wrote this to the church at Colossae to remind us that Jesus is the real deal. He's worth us putting our faith and our trust in. He says this in Colossians 1.7. He, Jesus, is before all things. In other words, he's out before us, working everything out by the time we get there. But this is how he ends Colossians 1.7. He says, and in him all things hold together. David said, listen, Jesus, God is my salvation He's my clarity, my protection, and now he's my stronghold. David knew that if everything was falling apart around him, he could still be held together by the Lord. And so I want to ask you this. Is your world falling apart? Are you... Do you feel like you're in pieces? (laughs) If so, then maybe the Lord isn't your stronghold and your strength. Because listen to me very carefully. It's impossible to fall apart if God is holding you together. And I... All of us, if you've lived a little bit at all, have went through some hard times. When my dad died, hard time. 
Thank God he held me together. If you've ever lost a parent, you know that it's not just when your parent dies, but even on down the road, you have these moments, and when you come up, you just miss your parent. Thank God he holds me together. God not only will save you, he will protect you, and he will hold you together. You can still be weak, though, and not broken. You can be worn out and not give up. And I, I believe this is where David was. He was tired. He was tired from, from running from King Saul that was always out to get him. He was tired of running from Absalom, his son, because his son knew exactly where he was going to be. But he also knew that his son would kill him if he ever caught him. But I, I don't think he was just all physically tired. I think he was really mentally tired. Because David, for that season, didn't know who he could trust. And it seemed like everybody that he put his trust in was turning their back on him. And David was in a dark place. And we all know that when, we tire, when we're tired, we make bad decisions. Are you tired? Are you overwhelmed? It's okay to be tired. David got tired. I get tired. Everybody gets tired. But listen to me. Jesus is our strength so we can stand, listen, when we're weak and dare I say I'm going to add to it, and tired. And so David writes this. This is verse 2. We just now get to verse 2. When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my fear, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. I want to read it again. When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Listen to me, folks. We don't have to fear trouble. We can keep standing. We can stand when we're tired. We can be confident when we're scared because the Lord, our God, is with us. David's kid Solomon wrote this in uh, Proverbs eleven twenty one. 21. Um, be sure of this, he says, the wicked will not go unpunished, but those who are righteous will go free. So listen to me, be confident. This is what David is saying. I don't know what you have going on. I don't know how dark your days may be. I don't know how difficult the relationships you have in your life, but listen to me, be confident. It may be bad, but listen, it's going to get better. So what do we do? Well, here's what we don't do. We don't focus on what we can't control. Focus on what you can control. David said that he's going to focus on, and he shows us here in the text, that he was going to focus on his relationship with God. Because I need you to understand, in life, you can only control you. And as long as you think you can control everybody else, you're going to live a pretty miserable life. Because they're going to do things that you never wish they would do, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can only can control you. And so David is showing us that in life, when his son and when his best friend's dad, when he couldn't control all of his counsel and all of his people, what is he going to do? Well, he focuses on his relationship with the Lord. That's what he does. He says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this is only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David wanted God more than he wanted anything else. 
And every day, despite what was taking place, David made it a point to go and be with God's people at God's house in the temple. You with me? Now listen to me. All the days of my life, that doesn't mean he was there every waking minute because if that would have been true, Saul and Absalom would have known when he was going to show up, right? And they would have just posted outside and waited on David to come in. So this is not saying that every time the doors opened, he was there. It is saying, though, that as often and as much as possible as David could gather in the temple, David made point to gather in the temple. Are you with me? Are y'all with me? Why would David want to do that? And here it is. Because in David's day, this is just common, right? In David's day, and we can see it true for our, our day too, but you're gonna, and you're going to understand in a second. In David's day, if you, if you went and visited someone... It was always the host of the, the, the house's host, the person who owned the house. Listen, to not only to protect, but to provide. Are you with me? In David's day, when you went to someone's house, you could be confident that as you were there, as long as you are there, they would provide for you and they would protect you. Are you with me? And, and so the reason that David made it a point to always gather in the temple was because he knew that the best place that he could be protected and provided for was in God's house. Maybe you don't know this, but I hope you do, that the owner of this house isn't me. It's not even Rick. And dare I say, it's not even you. It is the Lord Jesus. And so if there's any place that you can go to get what you need and listen, be protected, it is the house of God. Uh, some of us want to be like David and live like David, but we don't want to dwell in the house. <laughs> David was always there. Why are we so easily tempted not to come? <laughs> don't let the circumstance of our world keep you from the house. Don't let your, your, your frustration with, look to your neighbor, I don't know, keep you from the house. Don't let your anger with God's people keep you from meeting with God. Outside can be scary, but listen to me very carefully. But the host of this house is your protection and your provision. David says, listen, for in the day of trouble... He will keep me safe in his dwelling. This is verse 5. I'm not making this up. This is scripture. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Verse 6. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his sacred tent. I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. That's what we do when we come. You know what we do? We, we thank God for his goodness. We, we sing and shout and, and, and we sing and shout because there's nothing that God, listen to me, has not provided us. I mean, what, what do you need that God hadn't given you already? What, what has God not protected you from? You're still here. And David is saying that because God is so good to give us even when we don't deserve it, when we come into the house, there should be nothing holding us back from going all out in our worship for the Lord because he's that good that despite me and my wickedness and what I think and what I've done, he still loves me and provides for me and protects for me and he continues to give me more even when I waste it. And he gives you more even though you waste it. 
So David says, hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My my heart says to you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Don't hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. If you have your Bibles open, you might want to go ahead and circle that. You have been my helper. Don't reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. You know, one of the games that my, my kids like to play, uh, maybe you guys like to play this or did, is the, is the game uh, Hide and Go Seek. Anybody ever played that? How about Tag? You like that game? In, in Tag and in Hide and Go Seek, you always, do you understand there's a base? And when you're on base, uh, you, can, you can't get tagged. Does that make sense? You, you, you're safe on base. But one of the things, and thank God for Oklahoma where it's flat land where you can run around and not be so tired. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, my kids will hide or they'll, they'll start playing this game. And, and it, it's, it's how confident we get when we're on base. But when we're getting chased, it can be scary. And they're running and they're screaming because, oh, my goodness, I hope I don't get tagged. Because if I get tagged, I'm out, right? Nobody likes to get tagged. But yet when you get to base, now you start talking trash. <laughs> oh, you thought you could catch me. Here's how this breaks down for us. Listen to me very carefully. Um, <laughs> it, it's easy to be confident when you're on base, when you're in the house, but it's another thing to be confident when we see the enemy approaching on the battlefield. You understand what I'm saying? When we're actually outside living life, living real life, it's easy to be confident in here, but it's sometimes difficult to be confident out there. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves is, how do I carry this confidence that I have in here with me out there when life can be really dark and hard and scary? And the answer is what David says is we've got to remember just how much the Lord has helped us in the past. That's why he said, you have been my helper. Amen. The reason David could stay confident in God, listen to me, was because he and God had history together. And over and over and over again, God showed David that he could be trusted even in the darkest times. Listen to me very carefully. You will not be confident in a God you don't know. And if you're having a hard time navigating the darkness of your life, then let me just give you some help. Lean into your relationship with the Lord. Lean into your relationship with the Lord. David said, I got history with God, and so I can trust God. I know that he has been good to me. He has helped me before. How many of you would say God has helped me before? David says, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Don't turn, to me over, don't turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. You know how people are going to be. They're just going to say the things that they want to say. They're going to do the things they want to do. It's going to be hard to be around people. Sometimes, listen, people are people. But I think it's interesting that, that David writes these words. Scholars believe he wrote this after he won a battle. He won a battle. Matter of fact, there's no place in Scripture that I see that David lost a battle to Saul. 
And, and scholars said he wrote this psalm after winning a battle. And so what I think is interesting here is David is concerned uh, with eventually falling to Saul and Saul's party. But here, here's what you have to understand. Just because you win once doesn't mean you're going to win again. Maybe this is a better way to understand it. It's just because you win one battle doesn't mean the enemy will stop attacking. How many of you know that to be true? David understood, and and I think most of us do, and if not, let me remind you, that he needed to be just and careful and watchful after the victory as he did before it. David was careful, and he was watchful, and he was confident. He was careful and watchful, and he was confident. Matter of fact, he was so confident, he says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, he says. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. David was confident and he is confident. Some of you have been confident, but you're not confident anymore because somehow life has beat you down. But David said, I know I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's not heaven. That's now. David knew despite how dark days may be, goodness was going to come. So let me just ask you this. Is life good? Are you going through a hard moment? Are you overwhelmed? Are you frustrated? Are you angry? Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. If it ain't good, God ain't done. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we love you. Just so thankful, God, for your grace and your mercy. And, um, Lord, life can truly be so hard at times, but, Lord, we trust and we rest in your goodness. Our relationships can be overwhelming and frustrating, but, Lord, again, we rest in your goodness. And, God, I thank you for your goodness today. Would you remind us in our spirit right now that if things aren't at all what we would even dare say good, is that, Lord, we can trust that the best is yet to come. And so, Lord, uh, we trust you, and we stand in that right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Church family, if you'll stand to your feet. Um, You know, Exodus 6 this week, it was really kind of interesting. It said that the people had a hard time hearing what God was saying um, through Moses because they were so frustrated and so tired, so defeated because of life. And I say this to us because I know that that's where some of y'all are. We've all been there. Life has been so hard and frustrating that it's just hard to hear. But I want you to know today that as difficult as life can be, there's always a good part that's coming. And maybe today you say, I just need someone to pray with me to remind me that the good part is still coming. And uh Vic and myself, Elijah and Rick, we're here. We'd love to pray with you just to encourage you. Maybe you're thinking, hey, I I can't be confident in God because I don't know him. I don't have a relationship with him. And maybe today is the day that you want to give your life to Jesus Christ and trust him as your Lord and Savior. We'd love to pray with you for that. Maybe you're thinking, I I don't, life has been hard and I don't want to do this life alone. And so I want to be a part of this church and be a member here. We'd love for you to come. This is the perfect day to gather with us, your people. Listen, I don't know all that God has said to you, but I do know that the word of the Lord has been spoken. And now by the grace and mercy of the Lord, we get to respond. Would you respond now as we sing?
Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.